It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes. Sports Fan 97, WATH 97.1 FM. Big welcome in to the 970 Studios. Excited for today's show. I'll be honest, you know, it was about midday. I had a long day and I was just really kind of dreading just continuing on with the day. It was one of those days you just want to lay down. It's humid outside. I, you just don't want to go outside. But this interview, this interview is what got me back up. I said, <laughs> I, I, got, I have to get into studio today. It's because Nathan White, the next head coach of the Athens Bulldogs, he's with us live in studio that's going to be pretty much the show we'll we'll discuss other things other than the athens bulldogs with coach white but he'll be with us for the entire hour show reds are on the west coast playing the angels so don't have to worry about them interrupting the program coach white it's it's a new athens coach uh ryan adams stepped away 96 wins a a legendary guy legendary guy and you worked under him for a long long time so it, it must feel cool just to kind of take over for your friend and to try to elevate the program beyond what he already took it to. Yeah, it's something that, you know, every once in a while, I kind of jumped into this thing when it started and didn't even really think about it. You just get rolling and keep doing what we've uh, what we've been doing. And I've had a few times to just stop and think and um, what an impact Ryan had. And I actually played for Ryan. He was an assistant coach when I was a player uh, at Athens. Um, it's it's kind of surreal. I'm really excited about the opportunity, um, but there isn't much time to stop and think about how cool it is because it's it's go time. Yeah. So I imagine that you had some sort of idea that this was going to be your job. Um, it moving into the fall when in terms of when Brian, and you don't have to say officially on the record, but I, I can imagine that you felt it kind of in the air that this was coming. So in terms of when the preparation started for you, in terms of all right, how am I going to implement my system? How am I going to structure my coaching staff? When did that? When did those gears really start turning for you and you start really doing the groundwork in terms of your first year of head coach? When did that process start? Well, less specifically as far as each individual coach and how we would do things. You know, I have spent the last seven or eight off-seasons. Uh, that's kind of part of my off-season routine. It's been a goldmine to be a head coach, so... I spent a little bit of time and kind of put together my own program if I was a head coach right now, and I kind of had a, a little packet put together, and I tweaked it each year and saw new things from other programs and kind of added and, and subtracted as I went. So something I've prepared for uh, for a long time, for, for several years, as has been a goal of mine uh, here or somewhere else. And uh, I really started getting the vibe from Ryan. Um, just kind of had a feeling I, I don't know why that this group of seniors we've got coming I had a feeling even a few years ago that 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 this might be the group um and it, it's exciting I, I really uh am excited that this is the the first group of seniors that I have I'm imagining a few you know Yoda Jedi master like taps on the shoulder from Ryan <laughs> while you're coaching a group be like you know this is a good group of kids you're like yeah and you're like wait a minute that that was an interesting moment and I'm sure that I'm sure it's just a, it's a good feeling, but there's a lot of pressure too. I mean, this is this is high expectation job. Athens just 
went six for six in terms of putting running clocks on teams in the TVC Ohio. You're losing a lot of talent. It's been dominant team after dominant team, all state quarterback after all state quarterback. Now, many would say that you're the reason for that. I, I made the argument on this show that, and I've made the argument in an article that you're the greatest offensive coordinator in the history of the state of Ohio. Now, I've said that on the record, and I just wanted you to know that, not to, you know, you know, you know, kiss butt here or anything, but I'm just saying that I think your resume is pretty impressive, but it's it's now you're the head guy. Things change. You have expectation. If the program takes a dip, it's all going to be on you because you are now that head guy. So what does that feel like, that, that pressure, that expectation of, what you now have to do to continue what Ryan Adams built. Yeah, and it's it's. I guess there maybe is a, a pressure from the outside, but I, I don't feel that at all. I I feel the same pressure right now that I've felt as the offensive coordinator, and it's it's the kids drive you to get up every day and be as good as you can be. And, and you know, outside forces kind of they happen or they don't happen, but I, I feel no different as far as the pressure. I want to have success with these kids and in the past it was score a lot of points and now it's simply win a lot of games as the head coach Uh, that mindset has changed a little bit from offensive coordinator to head coach Um, but the pressure is the same and it's it comes from from yourself and I think the rest of our staff would say the the same thing you wake up every day and you do feel a pressure to make sure you're coaching these kids and getting them ready to go because that's why we do it. I mean, we owe it to the kids to put them in a position to have as much success as they can have. It's just such an interesting situation that Athens football sits in because the pressure is not only on you, but the pressure is on now on Joey Moore as well. And it's just such an interesting situation because you two have gotten a lot of hype, a lot of talk from people that watch the program, that are around the program, that have dealt with you guys, that have seen you guys in practice. People have said for a long, long time that you would be a great head coach. And people thought, man, if Ryan ever steps away, we want Nathan White to be that next guy. And Joey Moore, as great as Clay Davis was, you know our friend Matt Frazee, we've been barking up this tree since Joey walked into Athens High School that this is a great athlete. He can be a great quarterback. You know, we saw the 54-yard run at the end of the half last season. And you guys have a lot of expectation but neither of you have proven anything. So that pressure now transfers on to Joey. So now you have to deal with that pressure as the first-time head coach. In the most important position on your team, you run the offense. He now has to deal with that pressure as well. How's that going early in the offseason? Because that offseason was, was when that pressure starts. You're like, we're really doing this. We're, we're taking, on this, taking this on together. Yeah, you know, usually after the – I've come in here the past few years around this time and – you know, we, we graduate a senior quarterback, and I always come in and play the line of, well, we'll see who the quarterback's going to be. It's a competition. I guess you're throwing that out. Joey's the guy now, huh? Yeah, well, okay. I'm, that's that's. <laughs> I'll throw that out. That I think Joey Moore is the strong front runner. Joey is uh, more than the front runner. He's going to be our guy. Um, there we go. He is. He has become a leader for us. Uh, he, he's a really talented kid. Um, he, he can whip it around. He's a really good athlete. Um, that is that stuff is less important to me from your quarterback. It, if that guy is your leader and the other guys um, look to him to lead, uh, he's got a chance to be really good. So uh, I, I'm happy with with him so far, um, as far as his leadership goes and the talent stuff. You know, he's working really hard and, and is super talented. Now, I was told before this interview that you're really good at coach speak, right? You're really good at, at crafting, <laughs> at saying a lot of things without saying nothing, and, and it's true. But what they teach us 
in terms of sports radio and what to listen to for coach speak to gain information is how how do they list information when they're talking about a guy that's what he's actually most impressed with and the way you listed joey second before his athleticism which is what from the outside everybody's been impressed with you said he's really been whipping the football around that is the biggest jump that if joey moore makes in my opinion that's what's going to allow you guys to stay at the top of the conference if he becomes an elite level thrower along with that athleticism the sky's the limit for you guys he yeah i would agree i don't know about the sky's the limit for us but he has a chance to be a, a, a really good quarterback there's no reason for me to you know to hide that he uh we're gonna have uh, a lot of new faces him being one of them i he was able to get in the game some last year as a sophomore uh, at some other positions not just quarterback and and make an impact on some games so you know people know him and have maybe watched him before that um He's making great progress. I, I guess that's all I can say. He's all coming out of his hand well. I mean, you, you and I talked. It is. I mean, he, he can zip it pretty well. It's he's he's doing a nice job. He's gone to some camps, um, and we we spent a lot of time in the spring, uh, in the weight room, you, you, rainy days, cold days. We've got a net in there, and, and we get after it pretty good, just on quarterback stuff. Nothing scheme specific. Just working on footwork and throwing the football. Um, it, it, he had a really good offseason. Well, just one more thing on the quarterback position. If you, you leadership, obviously number one. But in this in this system that you're about to run, you want to go back to that inside zone. One one back in the backfield, four receivers out. What is the most important schematic thing that you want out of your quarterback? Understanding coverage. Uh, we're going to be we're really going to be empty a lot more than we've been with no backs. So we'll have five wide receivers and our quarterback that back there with. Um, it, it, you, I feel more comfortable doing that when your quarterback is a, is a running threat. Um, he has done. He's he's most impressed me this summer with with the scheme stuff that he's picking up and understanding uh, where we're going with the football. And he he's the guy when I'm drawing stuff on the board, he's right there with a notepad, writing it all down and learning it and asking questions. And that's been um, that's when I've kind of realized, man, he really wants to be good and, and he's going to be a leader for us. It's awesome how the quarterback position brings that out of these kids. I mean, the maturity level that you that you see out of these quarterbacks. How would you compare his maturity level to Clay, to Brennan Sano, to Joey Burrow? Yeah, you know, they've all all four of those kids, all four of these kids have have made that jump from from sophomore to junior year, and it's a. They've all gone from kind of being a you know with Joey. Burrow was the exception who played a lot as a sophomore, but he made a huge jump from sophomore to junior as well. Well, and he matched the stats, and you guys made the schedule harder junior year. Right. So remember, sophomore, your little yeah. softer of a schedule. Junior year, same stats, tougher schedule. He really did take a jump. Yes, and, and you know, I, I kind of don't beat around the bush with our quarterbacks. I, I tell them, we, your job is going to be really challenging. We put a lot on your plate so the other ten guys can just play fast and make plays for us. And once they buy into that and realize – I gotta, I, I gotta do this if if we're gonna be successful. Um, that's when they when they make that jump from being I'm just another guy to I'm a leader. This is my thing. I gotta go and make sure everyone else is on the same page. Well, those ten other guys are pretty good too. Or around, uh, let's talk about the skill position guys. We'll get to the the concerns I have for the team in, in just a bit. But what I'm really excited for is is your receiver group this year is incredible, and I think that the running back core 
is better than people give credit for. You lose Evan, uh, Evan Adams, but you bring back Corbin Stalter, who I thought was really, really good at points last year. But on the outside, you've got the high flyers. You've got Nate Trainer, Peyton Gale. Oh, who else on the, on the outside? We're going to have Reese Wallace, Braden Markins. Markins uh, fast. Braden Halbert, Aiden Costable. So we've got a, a pretty good group of core receivers. Who <laughs> Every are, single one of those kids is fast. Who are experienced, yeah. And, you know, it's... You're you're pumping us up pretty good here. I want to keep challenging these kids. It's talent. <laughs> uh, talent is really important. There's no doubt about oh, it, Coach. Oh, don't worry. I'll put some concerns out yeah, here in a second. Okay. I just I'm 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 trying to get you excited about your team because absolutely these I'm, speed guys on the outside, they're really good. They're good. And Peyton and Nate are the guys that everyone remembers from last year because they played a bunch on Friday night. But I'm excited about some of those other kids I mentioned who are going to be seniors who haven't quite gotten their chance yet that that were ready last year. Uh, Reese, Aiden, Halbert, uh, Markins played quite a bit last year and is going to make that jump to being you know one of our main guys. Uh, they have got to keep working to understand what we're doing, and that's when we were really, really good four or five years ago. Our receivers really understood what we, how we were attacking the defense, and if we can get to that point with these kids, I think we have a chance to to do some good things and score some points. You're losing a lot up front. I think that the offensive and defensive line, for me, are the two biggest concerns in terms of you just don't know what you're going to get. You you assume, at least we like to assume, in terms of people that have to speculate on this stuff, is that Athens is just going to have the athletes, love the kids that step up, that work hard in the weight room, and that you're going to be able to replace what was on the offensive and defensive line. You're also losing you know, experience in the linebacker position with Gage Penrod. So there's just a lot of concern in what many people say is the most important part of every single football team, which is those those big guys up front. And we've seen Isaiah Butcher work in those camps, but he's pretty much the only standout name, I guess, on both sides. There's some really talented kids, but it's, it's a lot of question marks. Yeah, it is. Uh, we had last year in 2018, we, we started seven different offensive linemen, and I have never in my life had that many kids that I felt comfortable enough playing on Friday night. Oftentimes in high school football, you've got three or four good kids up front and you got to fill in a fifth or a fourth and a fifth. Last year we had seven true starters. Um, the problem with that is they were all seniors. So everybody this year is going to be brand new on our offensive line. Butch is coming back on the defensive line and ha- has really done a nice job this, this summer getting after it. Um, you know, I can't even give you a bunch of names with that because we have seven or eight other kids that are battling right now because it's their time and they're excited uh, to get a chance. But you know, I that's a it's not a concern of ours because we're we're concerned with everything. We want to make sure that that Nate Trainer, who everyone thinks is going to be great, is getting after it every day to make sure he is great. And same with Joey. Uh, the same way we feel about the kid who's going to play left guard that nobody knows. So. As coaches, you're always concerned about every position. Are we as good? Uh, can we be as good as we think we can be? So, uh, to answer your question more shortly, yes, there are going to be a lot of new faces. And that is in stark contrast to the rivals to the north, to Nelsonville, York, because they've got 18 to 22 returning. Rusty Richards, who is now a rival coach of yours. Yeah. And, and I, I'm sure if you've had some conversations with Rusty throughout your time. You guys, both brilliant offensive minds. He took a very similar path to the one you took, you know, longtime offensive coordinator, Trimble. Now, he didn't stay at the same school, but he had a lot of success his first season. 
how about those guys up north, Nelsonville, York? They seem like they're the conference favorite, to me at least. And I know it's it's pretty early to look at Week 10, but you're always looking at your rivals in terms of who to compare to heading into a season. Yeah, they have a great program at Nelsonville, without a doubt. Coach Richards has done a great job um, of continuing the, the success there. They always have talented kids, but more importantly, they always have tough kids kids that get after it and love Nelsonville football so as big a rival as they are it's it's certainly a program that we respect um, I have not given one ounce of thought to week 10 though so not even close to that but yes I'm sure they're going to be very good and and you know probably have the most talented player around here oh without a doubt Keegan Wilburn can fly week one though is is tougher than than it normally is Waverly to open up the season this year instead of Warren Warren you've been able to beat up on in the past now it's going to be with seven new players up front and all those things we talked about a brand new quarterback they're going to get thrown right in the fire with a big time southeastern Ohio football matchup Athens and Waverly two very good programs that's that's a huge game for you in your debut as head coach for Athens it is they are um really talented we have uh, a little bit of tape on them from last year and really well coached I mean two two combinations that make a really good football program so we're going to find out quickly what kind of team we are um that's a it's a tall order I think they've been in the playoffs you know four or five straight times so uh certainly a, a little bit of a change in week one and I'm excited. I mean, like I said, week yeah. one, we're going to find out. Let's go. Let's let's see how good we are. Well, we're excited too. That's why we're having you. What is it? It's not even July, and we've got we've got Athens head coach Nathan White joining us on the program. It's just football season around here is just special, and being able to win around here is pretty special too. And you were able to experience that as offensive coordinator uh, under Joe Burrow. Just what is your long term goal? At, at Athens High School? This is a tough question, but what is your long-term goal over the next five years? What do you want to happen under your program at Athens High School? I just want to develop uh, an identity. You, we're we're going to hang our hat on, you know, I, I know Troy always gives me the, a little bit of flack for the coach speak, but we truly talk about nothing else but today, right now. Attitude and effort right now, every day, every play. I want the kids who leave our program to have that be a part of their lives forever. I, I have not thought one second about how many league titles I want to have in five years or, or any of that stuff, or, or even winning games. I want to build a solid program. I want the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in our youth program to come on Friday night and be excited to be part of this thing when they get to their uh, high school years. I, I, I want to make football more important than it is now and and I think people in this town care about it but I want to make it a bigger deal I want people to love Athens football and and empty the town on Friday night and get everybody out there to watch us play that's an awesome goal just to to build the passion for it and it's one of those things that you kind of notice in life as you go through it is that passion for for anything is so much more important than than people give it credit for it's not just about who has the most talent or who has the most luck or even who works the hardest in terms of hours because yeah hey i put in hey i practice every day with the team for two hours well on that eighth ninth and tenth sprint are you going 110 percent? are you digging deep are you having passion for what you do more than just showing up it's about showing up being on time and being passionate once you get there and and that's what i'm seeing with you with the program is 
you guys have a lot of just built-in passion for the game of football, passion for Athens. And I just feel a lot of momentum coming from you guys. It's almost you've been invigorated by this new opportunity. Joey's invigorated by a new opportunity. Everybody feels like, not that this program needed a rebirth, but it is a shakeup. It is this new spurt of, oh my God, here we go, let's play some football. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I have to say that I feel that a little bit. Um, it, it's a different job, so I, I am a little bit uh, excited in a different way as the head coach. Uh, it's been a invigorated is a great word. I, I feel like I've got a little bit of new life and maybe part of that is there can't be a letdown. It, the, the passion is great, but it doesn't just happen. You have to make sure that you build it every single day. And, and I truly talk to our kids every day. Let's make sure today is the best day in the history of our program. That's something I say to them every single day. Let's make sure today is the best day we've ever had. Work harder than you've ever worked. Be more excited than you've ever been. And, and they're going to hear that every single day from me because I, I truly believe that's the only way to build this thing. I, I think that's the only way to build a lot of successful things in life. That is the correct attitude. We'd love for you to stay on the program. We, we want to talk a little bit of Joe Burrow. I'd love to talk about what drives him, what makes him click. And we might get a little nerdy, too, because I love talking football schematics. Full show with head coach Nathan White. Head coach Nathan White. How does that sound? First time on the program that you get to hear that. It sounds pretty good, I guess. I like it. <laughs> coach Nathan White joining us on the program. We'll go ahead, step aside, and be back with more. This is the Sports Phantom 970. W W A T H. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J and K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J and K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget, they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J and K Contracting at seven four zero six nine eight thirty five twenty one for a free estimate. The Ohio Dental Association is a leader in educating adults on the importance of oral health and its link to overall good health. Dr. Michael Hallis, president of the Ohio Dental Association, shares one of the latest myths on oral care, that oil pulling is better than brushing and flossing. Currently, there are no scientific studies to show that oil pulling reduces cavities, whitens teeth, or improves oral health and well-being. Based on the lack of scientific evidence, I can't recommend oil pulling as a dental hygiene practice. The best way to maintain good dental health is to regularly see your dentist and brush twice a day for two minutes with a fluoride toothpaste and floss between your teeth once a day. You should also avoid tobacco products and sugary drinks and food in order to ensure your teeth and gums remain healthy. ODA member dentists are located throughout the state, are dedicated to providing the highest quality care, are bound by the highest ethical standards, and obtain superior ongoing education and training. On your next visit, ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association and American Dental Association so you know you're being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Attention sightseers, every Friday is your chance to win a custom map of Athens, courtesy of Lamborn Studio and Custom Framing. To win, visit Power 105 WXTQ 97 WATH on Facebook, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Message our page with the location pictured, and the fifth response will be the winner. Winners are announced Friday evening, 4 p.m. on our Facebook page. And don't forget to click that like button. 
Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the following breaking news story. On your cape and cowl, it's time for Rathacon, Athens' own pop culture convention on April 27th at the Athens Community Center. It's a day full of fun with panels, presentations, workshops, kids' activities, costume contests, raffles, tabletop and video gaming, and so much more. There will also be over 30 artist tables and 15 vendor tables. $25 for VIP, $10 for general adult, $5 for youth 12 to 17 years old, and 11 under are free. Don't miss Rathacon, April 27th at the Athens Community Center. Weenie Wednesday. Hungry? Larry's Doghouse on West Union Street has corn dogs and regular size hot dogs for just 99 cents each. Mmm, Larry's. Weenie Wednesday. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports Fan 97. WATH 97.1 FM. Head coach Nathan White of the Athens Bulldogs joining us on the program right now. Troy Bolin in studio as well. Troy decided to join us. He hops in and out, you know, whatever. He, he just was out there listening to the interview instead of participating in radio, Troy. No, it sounded good. I wanted to just listen. I would have just been listening if I was in here. It was really good, man. I always appreciate when Nathan comes on. It's always got really good information. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, Nathan. Because usually Matt was over here, and I used to have really good shows with with Matt and Nathan. I go back and forth, back and forth. And I, I think uh, as you get back into your interview, that was one thing that I, I was going to ask you. You talked a lot about your players, you talked a lot about your quarterback, but we haven't really got to the part about your coaching staff. And I know Matt was a good friend of yours. I love Matt, great guy. Uh, so your coaching staff in your room, your dynamic has definitely changed, has it not? Yeah, it has a little bit. Um, you know, losing Brian and Matt, obviously really good football coaches, but. You know the the sad part of it is it's it's no good that they're out of the coach's office. Uh, you know it's there were, those were two guys who are really good friends and are still really good friends, but you don't see them every day uh, like I have in the past. Um, the the coaching staff has remained the same. We have filled the two spots that they left with uh, Sam Vanderven, who played for us in 2014, receiver, played in the state championship game, and Brad Wharton. Uh, Coach Costable is going to be our defensive coordinator and, and fill Matt's role. Sam lives at Palmer Place. He, he, I, I see him all the time. Now gotcha. I'm going to. I didn't know he was help coaching. He didn't say yep. anything. The Lermans live there. Sam lives there. Yep. So I'll make sure one of your coaches stays on the up the up and doesn't. He's not out there partying and things like that. I, I appreciate it. I don't think that'd be a problem. <laughs> it's not. They're, they're actually. I was a little bit worried because you know they're they're guys and I think I think Adam and Ryan have already graduated. I was a little worried, but man, they're they're such good kids. They don't. They don't, they're quiet as can be. I don't even really know they're there half the time. Mm-hmm. Very good kids. Um, <laughs> get, get to see them a lot still. It's, it's awesome that they're in town. They stop by a lot. Well, you talk about uh, the two new hires. Uh, that's going to bring us to a conversation about structure. And Matt Goodwin, he's no longer the defensive coordinator. Chris Coswell moves to that position as the defensive coordinator. And offensive coordinator was you. You moved to head coach, and now – no offensive coordinator because you're going to be running the plays, but Sam Vanderven, he's going to help out in terms of 
helping the offense practice. Basically, if you're familiar with the Los Angeles Rams, this is what I compared it to. Zach Taylor under Sean McVay was the quarterback coach, but everybody kind of saw him as the offensive coordinator. Uh, same with Eric Bieniemy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid ran his own offense, did not have an official offensive coordinator, but Eric was essentially running the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs as the quarterback coach. Is that going to be a similar role for Sam? Is he really going to help out? He's going to be your right-hand man on offense, the way I'm understanding this. He is, yeah. Sam and Coach McCollum, who has been um, for the last several years since I've been the offensive coordinator, the, the three of us will you know, work to put in the game plan each week, and, and I'm hoping that they can kind of take a little bit more of that as we go, uh, hopefully over the course of the season and maybe the next few years. I'm excited um, to be a little bit more involved in the defensive game, game plan and what we do on defense, so that's going to be fun for me as well. Well, everybody says you're an offensive scheme wizard. What about defense? You know how how well do you know defensive schemes? I really I really enjoy defense. The the back and forth uh, on the whiteboard has been fun over the years. Um, defensively, uh, being a former quarterback and and you know we throw the ball around quite a bit. Coverage stuff is is fun for me so uh, i'm excited i'm going to coach the dbs this year i'm excited to, to have that opportunity so fun what do you mean fun with coverages so some people they hear that they're like ah, how do you have fun with uh circles on a on a chart with a bunch of dots on it what makes a coverage fun for you as a quarterback to break down uh just the cat and mouse be- because it's a um you know especially in high school because you see such a variation some some teams you can walk out and say it's quarters or it's cover three or it looks like man free and then you play some teams where it looks like something and it's something totally different and it's you know i i guess a lot of people maybe wouldn't think that's fun but it's it's really what i enjoy the the scheme of football is something that uh is it's a job for me as a coach but it's certainly a hobby too i really enjoy it well i love the detail show with peyton manning um the way he breaks down the game i don't know if have you ever had if you had a chance to watch that no I've heard oh, about it. Coach White, you got to sit. The, I mean, enough. he teaches you some things. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's things you know, but so things about the quarterback position that he would teach me that I didn't know were important. So one of them that's important is the way you play action fake, um, or or the way when you actually hand off, you have to hand off in the exact same way you play action sure. fake because that's the look for the defense. So he pointed out in Baker Mayfield that when he was dropping back to pass. He would have his left hand, the one he wasn't handing off with, on his chest, and then he would hand the football off. But when he was dropping back to pass or was doing play action, he would have his offhand free. And so Peyton pointed that out in tape and said, a good defense will pick up on that and know that you're going play action with the offhand free. And it's just small little things like that that he points out in the show that I'm sure you would just be an absolute nerd for. So I recommend that show for you. check it out. (laughs) Detail by Peyton Manning. I mean, he just goes through and breaks down different quarterbacks, uh, the things they see, a lot of it is basic-ish stuff, but stuff I'm sure you know. But him even breaking it down, one of the greatest minds in football yeah. history, is really incredible. Is there anybody in the football world that you look up to in terms of scheme? Are there any schemes that you base your scheme off of or any kind of inspirations you have that would be big names or names that our fans would be familiar with? Uh, thousands. I mean, there there isn't one... Uh, guy that that we've stolen a lot from we've uh dana holgerson we've taken some air raid stuff hal mummy all the way back to him um mcveigh we're, we're doing some compressed formations this year uh which we we kind of messed around with last year um 
all of the zone read zone option stuff is everyone is running and you you know i i I feel like i've read every single article ever written on on zone read and and the different variations of it so i I can't even give you any names other than those guys i mean but there are truly hundreds of, of guys that i've taken ideas from through reading articles or watching YouTube videos or whatever. Well, what about specifically this group that you're trying to fit this scheme with, where it's going to be a lot of empty sets? And I've, I've been talking about this on the show as a guy who has never, you know, my football scheme knowledge starts and stops at Madden. Now, I'm really good at Madden, but that that's not that much. I've never really applied it on the field. I kind of watch as a broadcaster, as a reporter from the side, and I understand very basic concepts. And basically, I did the math. I was like, well, if you do five wide receivers... That's going to draw everybody out to the outside, and that makes you know two linebackers, two TVC linebackers, and then probably four down linemen against your five offensive linemen and Joey Moore. So you do the math, count them up. Okay, Joey's got to make one man miss. I'll take that bet every day. In terms of simple explanation, that empty set formation to me seemed like a really obvious one to try to utilize a lot. Obviously, you won't utilize it 100% of the time, but I'm glad to hear that you're planning on implementing that this year. Yeah, and it's a, a we've run empty almost every year uh, the last seven or eight years. And it, it, the the quick thing you're checking is when you go empty, our team's going to stay in a six man box or play a five man box. And if you uh, kind of figure that out, we always have a few answers for both. Uh, a five man box, you're five on five with a with a free runner, uh, which is great numbers in the running game. And a six man box means they're covering all five with five. Uh, so there should be some stuff in the passing game. The biggest uh, again, a cat and mouse thing. A lot of times you'll get a 50-50 will linebacker who is partially in the box and, and partially out. Um, again, just, just fun stuff. To well, you guys utilized motion so well last year, um, especially with the jet sweeps in terms of using your speed left to right. Do you think you'll have to use speed more this year with the, the change in the offensive line? Do you think – how about this question? I'm assuming this. Do you think as a head coach, when you have an inexperienced offensive line or maybe an offensive line that isn't as big or isn't as physical, what is the best thing to do as a coach, as a scheme, to try to help those offensive linemen? Well, certainly you're right. We have to utilize our athletes. So, A, get the ball out of our quarterback's hand quick and get those guys up front some confidence protecting. Um, Jet is going to continue to be a play that that I – run quite a bit and to be honest I just kind of fell in love with Jet two or three years ago I I really didn't like it um, in the past because why run Jet when you can just throw bubble but I do think it looks different Uh, and a big reason to run Jet is there's so much stuff you guys ran off of Jet and you guys ran motions I remember I did a film breakdown you guys did you ran motion you faked a Jet or, or no Clay faked the bubble out left and handed up up the middle then you faked a jet, and like you just guys did so much off of that one just motion that it was just. I, I knew that you guys were doing some serious scheme work in there because you could see it. It was just fine detail after fine detail, utilizing that jet sweep motion left to right. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, that, that's something we'll continue to run, and it's really easy for the quarterback. It's actually a pre-snap read. We know if we're going to throw it or give it a pre-snap. Uh, that's been a really good play for us. Um, the the jet is certainly intriguing just with all the stuff you can run off of it. And when you have, you, you can only run it if you have some pretty dang fast kids because the best way to stop it is pursuit and get rolling. And if, if you can get guys running with the jet motion, there's, there's a lot of stuff off of it. Let's talk about the playoff game last year against Bishop Hartley because 
I think that it would be a safe bet for me uh, uh, if I would have to bet that over the next five years you guys are going to win. You guys will win the TVC. It just seems to be that's part of what Athens does, right? Over the next five years. So in terms of people's like expectations over the next five years, if you do it, let's say what Ryan did over the last five years, couple TVC titles, a lot of success, a lot of wins, but you keep getting against a team like Bishop Hartley, just so so good, so so fast. And what a lot of fans question around here is. You know, other than running into the godsend that some would consider Joe Burrow, how can you build a program that can compete with programs like Bishop Hartley to win those first-round playoff games against the schools from Columbus? Yeah, absolutely, and th- and that's that's the goal. We we want to compete against those programs, and you know, I think there are several avenues. First of all, your kids have to start buying in. You you can't start that in 10th or 11th or 12th grade. Kids have to buy in in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. When I say buy in, I mean learn how to lift, how to get bigger and stronger, and really truly believe what we're telling them. If you put in the work every single day, and today is the most important day we've ever had in our football program, in five years when you're a junior or a senior, it's going to pay off and we can get there. But you don't turn, you don't all of a sudden become a team that beats Bishop Hartley. You have to build that thing from from the ground floor. And, and I really believe that, and that's going to be something that I make a huge push to be involved in the youth program and the middle school program and make sure those kids are on board and and have that goal. And, and it's hard to talk to a, a fifth or sixth grader about, hey, when you're a junior and a senior, let's, let's win a playoff game. Uh, but get them passionate about our program i don't think that will ever compete at that level until we have our young kids excited to to get to high school and you know some people would say well you know it's just harder here in southeast ohio you know maybe the talent's not there and what i have to say is you know a great example is kirtland they're a very very small town there's not a lot of kids there and that program that tiger laverty has now built up at kirtland started from the ground floor they had to build it. Now they're where they're at, where kids will move to Kirtland to play football. Right. And once you get there, you kind of put that thing on autopilot, and right. you're going to be competing for state championships every year. You just got to roll it back. But to get that program to that point, they did a lot of groundwork and a lot of the things that you're talking about in terms of building a program. Yeah, and I I heard uh, their coach speak at the clinic this year. Actually, was at the state clinic. He was he was outstanding. You know, he was the citizen of the year in Kirtland twice. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. If you, so if you win Citizen of the Year here in Athens, you know you've done a pretty good <laughs> job. Right. Yeah, that'll be a good thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he you know he had similar ideas. I think I think really most coaches if if their goals are to win games or to to win league titles, they're they're kind of in the wrong place. I think most coaches are thinking, let's build this thing and get our kids to the point where they are meeting their potential. And the rest of that is is kind of out of your hands as a coach. Let's yeah. make sure that the kids that we have, starting in in fifth, sixth, seventh grade, are meeting their potential each year. So when they are juniors and seniors, we've gotten all we can get, and we've given them a chance to to have the most success they could have. A, a rule that I've heard thrown around is that you've you've instituted a strict no cussing policy. Is there truth to this? There is truth to that. I. I uh, when I was uh, down south coaching in Georgia for a year, there were, we had a really passionate uh, linebacker coach who who never, ever 
cussed, not once. And I said, man, that's, that's pretty cool. What's, what's up with that? And he, he simply said, if, if I have to say a cuss word for these kids to understand that I'm upset with them, uh, then I'm not, I'm not passionate enough about what I'm doing. And I, I just started thinking, man, what a great thing for a coach. Why do we ever need to say cuss words? And not that, not that we do. Um, but as far as the kids go, you know, why do they need to say them? Yeah. You know, let's let's be respectful and let's get after it and let's work hard and and we have no time for that other stuff. I, I want our kids to be good kids, be respectful kids, and, and to be proud to be that way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a respect thing. And you know, I coach an eighth grade team, and uh, they were you know you you could hear things from afar and you know you hear them as a coach. And I told them I was like, hey, I heard Coach White's got a no cussing policy, so. You know, Absolutely. You guys you guys gotta be careful once you get out there for several That's workouts. Right. I'm sure there's some punishment involved. There is. Um if you could. haven't heard one yet all summer, to be honest with you. So yes, there will well, be. You guys a must be doing well in practice then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the seven on schedule and uh, scrimmage schedule like um for this summer uh, for fans that are interested and in, in, yeah. uh what's what's that looking like? We will start our camp on July fifteenth. We get ten days to coach we will use those the kind of those middle two weeks of july and we'll finish that first week on saturday july 20th with a seven on seven at home uh there are going to be five or six teams here and then we'll have our second camp week the next week and finish our summer uh the 26th that philo will be our second seven on seven uh, and then we'll take a few days off and august 1st is here and we go uh scrimmages we will have two this year we'll scrimmage uh marietta like we've done the last few years and then uh, Trimble will be our jamboree. Always. I love that game. It's a classic. What Matt and I talked about was seven on sevens is going to be interesting for you as a coach because it's, it's, that's a big time to work on things. And to us, seven on sevens is good. You guys are going to look great. I mean, I have high expectations for you in seven on seven in terms of you have all those elements. You feel comfortable with the speed guys. Those are you guys that are coming back. It, it feels like that seven on seven could what some people would say could show you as a way better team or way more far ahead than you guys are. So how do you as a coaching staff, one, utilize seven on seven to get better because the weakest parts of your team, it's hard to work on that in seven on seven. And how do you, if you go out there and light it up on seven on seven and you look like, man, we could maybe win the region, right? How do you bring your kids back down to earth and say, Hey, football's a lot more than yeah. uh, the, the seven on seven things. Seven on sevens. It's going to sound weird coming from me because we spread it out and throw it around, but they're they've kind of become a necessary evil. They are they are not football. So the success that you have in seven on seven has has no bearing really on the actual football season. Uh, blocking and tackling is is what wins you games. So we will certainly use it to coach our kids or it's it's great for your quarterbacks as far as making reads identifying oh yeah quarterback will, is the one position where you can find out in seven sure. on seven and we be will ready. watch a bunch of tape from our seven on seven and and hopefully learn a lot from that and you know it's i think seven on seven is much more productive from a defensive standpoint because it's really it's a it's more of an offensive drill you know you you everybody gets four or five seconds of protection and you know, it's it's the quarterback has a wide open view. So defensively, it allows you to identify cover, uh, formations, get in the right coverage, communicate. Um, we obviously want to have success offensively on seven on seven, but defensively is where it really helps you uh, get kids checking the right coverages in the right alignments, et cetera. 
You're losing Logan Maxfield on the backside of that defense, who was so versatile in terms of moving up and moving down. And I know you weren't that involved with that defense, but just any plans to to replace a player like that who was the TVC Defensive Player of the Year? You could put him anywhere. I mean, colleges were looking at him at DN, outside linebacker, strong safety. I mean, he was all three levels, a guy that could impact the game. You're losing a guy like him. You're losing a guy like Gage Penrod. Defensively, how how are you looking to replace that? Yeah, first of all, Logan was a great player. We truly could have played him five or six different places, and he would have been outstanding. Um, that outside linebacker spot is kind of the the anchor of our defense, the the, the field outside linebacker, and that's actually going to very likely be uh, Nate Trainer this year. He's going to bump down from corner, and, and we're going to ask him to fill that role. Linebackers were, you know, we have all those receivers that I that I listed to you. Well, there are only two corners and one free safety, so some of those kids we're going to ask to to play outside linebacker or stack linebacker. We're still going to play a 3-3 most of the time. We'll be a 3-4 a little bit. So some of those more athletic kids we're going to really challenge to step up and be physical and play closer to the box than they've played in the past. And I think some of them are pretty excited about that challenge. Well, I'm I'm just so juiced for football listening to this interview. It's just, you ready to get started? It's tough to see... Is it easy to get hyped, do you think, as a coach? Have you learned that over your time, that at the beginning of every summer, if you if everybody's there, everybody seems like they're energetic, you're like, man, I, that kid got bigger. I'm getting... Is it easy to kind of overhype yourself as a coach early in the summer? Have you done that before, or have you always been, today is the most important day, today is the most important day, today is the most yeah. important day? I, I, to be honest, I really have, but... I get hyped up every single day. I mean, I get goosebumps and we scream and yell and go crazy every single day in the weight room. Our, our kids, our coaches, it's, I mean, you truly get overhyped every day. And we get excited um, never in a sense of, oh, I think we're going to be really good. It's simply, let's go lift like we've never lifted before. Or, man, you guys are dead, we, but we got three more, let's go. And, and that is a really something that our kids so far have bought into kind of the grind of let's enjoy how miserable this is sometimes but let's do it together and, and it's that as a coach man that gets you jacked up well that's what we kept hearing from about those joe burrow teams is that you could see that core group of 10 11 guys everywhere together grinding through everything in terms of feel do you feel that this group is has the type of energy that you wanted that you the type of energy that you saw from those Burroughs squads. I, I'm not going to say anything about the talent-wise. That's just unrealistic, way unrealistic expectations. But in terms of attitude, how do they compare to those I think squads? very similar, uh, but I would say that about teams we've had the last several years, too. Last year's group of seniors was outstanding. I, I think we've got this close to a point where the kids, for the most part, really enjoy that it's hard. And once you can get over the the battle of, oh, man, today's going to be hard and and totally flip it and look forward to to running and to lifting and there, you know, unless you've done it or or you've been there, it's hard to describe how you could feel like, man, I might throw up, but this is the most fun I've had all day, you know, and we've got a lot of kids that are getting close to that point. Um, and and uh, like I said, as a coach, at that point, you don't care about talent or who's a starter, or who's a freshman or senior. When you see a bunch of kids get to that level and then are excited about the work, I mean, that is absolutely why you do it as a coach. 
that's just it's because we like accomplishing things it's just accomplishment and they are starting to recognize and this is why winning helps all things sure is that they're starting to recognize what that work does joey moore he saw what you did when brendan sano and clay davis sat down paid attention and learned the offense he saw what type of players they became all state players he saw a guy with a lot of athleticism and talent in joe burrow he sees what he's doing at LSU. So they know to look at you and say, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. How does that that resume you've had, has, have you noticed that, that kids buy into you a little bit quicker because they know you've worked with some of the best players that have ever played Southeastern Ohio football? Yeah, I don't know much about I, – I've never even really thought about that, honestly. I hope they buy in because they can see how passionate our staff is about it. Uh, we – we get after it. We love to be there, and it, it's never fake. Yeah. And I hope that as when they see us as coaches care so much and, and want to be there and want to work hard, that that they feel like they need to match it. And, and you know, a big part of coaching too is is can you teach the kids what you want, and then do those things continue into success? Once a, once you teach a kid a few plays, and they think, oh man, this is an easy read. Oh, I, I got to stare at that guy and throw to one of these two. Coach, coach knows what he's talking about. You know, little stuff like that, you need to happen along the way, and they, they really start to buy in, not just to the work, but to the, the scheme of it, and, hey, hey, we could be pretty good, and, and these guys know what they're talking about. How often do you utilize uh, Mr. Joe Burrow in terms of, do you pick his brain now, now that he's working with uh, a lot of high-level schemes oh, at yeah. LSU? Yeah. I'm sure you're asking him a lot of questions. Hey, what are, you, what are they throwing at you in the SEC? Uh, have, you, have you picked Joe's brain as he started to develop through Definitely, his time? Definitely, all the way back to when he was at Ohio State. It's been you know so fun for me to, to kind of flip the script on him and just sit in our coach's office and throw him on the whiteboard. Um, I've stolen several things from him that, that we ran last year and, and a few more that we're going to put in this year. He is... Um, he has made strides schematically, obviously physically. He's super talented and, and big and strong. But schematically, he he has become a coach on the field. It's it's so has that's he, one of the coolest things for me to just watch him on the whiteboard and, and let him go and him teach me stuff. It's neat. Well, so he's. I imagine that maybe he surpassed you in terms of his grasp of the game because he's grinding at it so hard and at the highest levels how interesting is that for you is this was a kid that you were teaching the game yeah. to and you turn around and he's giving you plays oh, to yeah. utilize for your first head coaching gig oh it's it's awesome and it's you know he he has probably certainly surpassed me at this point i guess and it's you know so cool i, I just i i hope he keeps going and can come back every year for the next you know 15 or 20 years and, and show me the new stuff that they're running well, you've seen his talent. You you know his game probably better than ninety nine percent of people out there. What do you think his ceiling is in terms of his career? <laughs> I think he's going to play football for for a lot more years after LSU. Um, I, I really think he's an NFL guy. Um, the talent is there, of course. You know, he's six four, two hundred twenty five pounds, and and can throw it a mile. What about if he had one thing to work on? If you had to tell if 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 Joe came to you today and said, Coach White, I want to play in the NFL and I want to be a great NFL quarterback, what is the one skill that I need to refine? I think for me personally, from watching him from a distance and not being 100% totally familiar with his game, I think that 
his footwork's good. It's high level, but I think that he can clean that up even more, get better. Um, God, these are such rough terms, but in terms of turning his hips and finding targets, getting just a little crisper with that, a little more NFL refined, I think that's his biggest leap to make in terms of becoming a really good quarterback. Because arm strength, like how much stronger can you make your arm? I think Joe's arm is going to be Joe's arm. His accuracy is NFL level right now. So I think if he gets that footwork, the schematics are there. I think you're right. I think he can have an NFL career. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I don't even know where to start on on what to improve because I still watch him and just enjoy it. It's one of the first times watching Joe that I felt like I'm watching football just as a fan. It's been so fun because you know, I really have no rooting interest other than LSU, Northwestern, OU, you know, that we have kids playing. But in the past, I throw on a game and I'm more interested in, you know, what Auburn's running or what West Virginia's running or whatever. But now I flip on the TV and I'm not even watching football. I'm just watching Joe and, and rooting for LSU. It's been... So you're not even trying to pick apart his game or not anything? Not really, you're just, no. Just the, enjoying the only it. The, scheme, the only scheme stuff, like his spring game, I kind of did and asked him some questions and stuff like that. But when, Saturday at our house is, you know, everybody come over. I'm not watching tape for three hours. This is my three-hour window of time off during our Saturday let's watch LSU and enjoy it so it's you know it's I get to be a true fan which is pretty cool it's an awesome thing you did and then I saw that you had a little bit of a workout you Jimmy Joey um and the Lerman twins were there as well um what's that like you know getting to work out with them and being able to connect with those guys and talk about their successes at the next level it's great uh Joe was home for almost a month and of course Ryan and Adam are are in town still they came out and through you know five or six times with us uh, with our high school kids which of course our kids eat that up and love it and and Joe Burrow was able to work with Joey quite a bit too and and they've kind of made a connection uh which is as a coach is so cool to see uh and Clay and- that's on me. Clay and Joey are, are, are pretty tight as well. Um, you know, it's they're they're so talented, but that that kind of doesn't even awe me anymore. Watch them throw; it's just fun to be around them. They're they're great kids. They're fun kids, and, and I'm so glad that they still come come around our program. You know, that wasn't me. That's actually the the outro music. If we have we would ran out of time. Right. It was it was such a great interview, Coach White. We really appreciate it. That uh, I actually lost track of time. <laughs> in the studio it was so much fun this has been the sports fan we want to thank you so much for listening big thanks to coach nathan white for joining us on the program i think athens has got a chance to be pretty good this year this has been the sports fan on 970 wath in our 69th year of service to southeast ohio am 970 and 97.1 fm athens Robert Mueller will testify on Capitol Hill. The Mueller thing never stops. A humanitarian aid bill easily clears the Senate. The yeas are 84 and the nays are 8. The first wave of Democrats debate tonight. Most of them are going to be trying to introduce themselves for the first time. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition with correspondent Jim Chenevy. Russia's special counsel Robert Mueller will testify on Capitol Hill, agreeing to meet with the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees on July 17th. Intel Chairman Adam Schiff. He was very reluctant to testify, and it was necessary to issue a subpoena, but he has agreed to comply with it, and we look forward to his testimony. Mueller's testimony could lead Democrats closer to impeachment. Correspondent Nancy Cordes. They think that having 
a neutral arbiter like Robert Mueller, someone who is independent, doesn't come down on either side, sitting there talking about things like obstruction of justice and the president trying to interfere repeatedly with Mueller's investigation. They think that that's something that will move the needle of public opinion. President Trump 